Today on Locked On Canadians, we talk about the future of Kirby Doc on this team. What position will he play and will it bring out the best in him? Then we're going to talk about should the Habs look to bring back Sean Monaghan? And finally, when is the next time we're going to see the Habs in the playoffs? It's the continuation of our mailbag and it's coming up next. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 865. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Laura Saba, also known as the Actistic, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Matla, who I can tell right now is talking to Maple the dog. Scott, how are you doing on this fine... Well, there, now you can see if you're watching on YouTube, you can see like a corner of Maple's face. Hi, Maple. Scott, how are you doing on this? Uh, I think it's a Monday evening that we're recording this. I've lost all concept of time. Yes, it is. It is Monday. Uh, things are going pretty well. It's quiet in Habsland, which is both concerning and relaxing after the combine and everything else. So uh, it's good to have a little bit of quiet time down there. But I can't help but think that Kent Hughes is... Uh, the man's brewing up something at some point here. It's been it's been just quiet enough that I think he's got something for okay. hopefully tomorrow's episode. <laughs> That's what we hope. And for those of you who missed yesterday's episode, the Monday episode, it was all Scott's news and notes from the NHL Combine in Buffalo where he was there in person. So please take a listen. You can also check out his Twitter feed at Scott Matla for some pictures and sound bites from the Combine. But today we're going to talk about, well, we had so many mailback questions last week that we're just going to continue them this week until they finish because you guys brought up so many great topics. There's so many trade proposals. So if, if we don't get to your mailback question today, which we won't, I know, because there's one person whose mailback questions we're tackling today. Uh, we will throughout the rest of this week and then obviously keep the questions coming whenever we're just going to accumulate them for every mailbag episode. It's the off season. Let's have some fun. Uh, before I get into the questions, though, I need to clarify something that I said on the Friday mailbag episode. So I think this is the way that I put it. So it's 100% my bad. But a lot of people understood from what I said that I thought the Slavkovsky uh, is a bust. And that's not at all what I'm saying. I was just what I meant was that the shine and the hype that was present when the Canadians drafted him is no longer pre present a year later. Uh, but that doesn't mean that the potential isn't there. So whatever way that I phrased it was incorrect because everybody thought that I was, you know, crapping on the kid. I'm not, I promise you I'm not. It's just that if anybody is discouraged by the very strange first season that he's had, I just urge everybody to not freak out or panic or give up on him just yet. Um, and to have a little bit of patience because the Canadians have a ton of patience. So if anybody understood that I thought that I was disappointed in him or that I thought it was a bust or anything like that, I'm sorry for the way that I phrased it. So, but thank you to everybody too who weighed in on that. Uh, in the meantime, and the, and the reason that I'm clarifying it is it's truly just that I, that's not how I feel. I don't feel that Slavkovsky is a bust. So I don't want to be known as the podcaster who thought he was a bust. Um, all right. So 
this, the questions today come from our friend Peter Christopoulos on Twitter, uh, who asked mailbag questions for last week's episode, and we're going to tackle them today. And I think the first thing that we should probably tackle, um, I know on your screen it has Kirby Doc first, but I think we should talk about when will the Habs next be in the playoffs? Because Peter's question is, do you think that there's a path to them competing this upcoming year? So, okay. 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 I want everyone to come in here and I want this to be very known here. Do not radio me on this. There is a chance in every single year that any given team can make the NHL playoffs. It is sometimes extremely unlikely. You cannot rule any team out until, you know, the games have started to be played. There is always a path for the Montreal Canadiens there. The Bruins are going to be going through a retooling here. They're going to be losing some star players there. They still have a lot of their very good players on their team from this year. The Red Wings are a bit of an unknown. We don't know. The Ottawa Senators are also a bit of an unknown. The Leafs are likely still going to be a good team, but could potentially have a new coach still bringing in, you know, other people into this organization. They haven't figured out fully what they're going to do yet. And then Florida and there could be trades. Exactly. Tampa Bay is going to be coming into a retooling period here shortly. They're still good, but they need to add some fresh bodies to this. The Canadians are still very likely the longest shot to make the playoffs in this division. I don't think it's unfair to say that. However, if everyone is healthy, everyone has taken that step forward in advance. Like we've seen last year, Especially on defense. Has Arbor Jack taken that step? Has Caden Gooley taken that step? Has Jordan Harris taken that step? Will someone, you know, take over one of those veteran roles if Joel Edmondson is traded? Can everyone stay healthy? There's no reason why the Canadians can't be that pesky team that's just lingering, lingering, and then just gets hot at the right time. That's how Florida got into the playoffs. It is an astronomical long shot. And I don't think next year is going to be their year. If anything, I think the the soonest we can reasonably expect them to be a playoff team is the 2024-2025 season. If we're following the Sabres path here. And if they're not, if they're at least making that progress, they should be in the playoffs by the 25-26 season. There's no excuse for that at that point. I don't think this upcoming season is the time for it, but I do think the next season is reasonable to start asking the question, can they make the playoffs with this group here? And I think we'll find out sooner or later, especially after what should be a very busy offseason here. Yeah, and, and let's look at the recipe here, right? There's going to be some players that come off the books um, in the 2024, in the summer of 2024, so a year from now. There's going to be some players that are in lower leagues right now that are, you know, going to graduate to the NHL level. There's going to be players like Caden Gooley, for example, uh, or Slavkovsky, where like the next year and a bit are going to be astronomical in terms of their growth. And then don't forget that in the summer of 2024, the cap is expected to rise. So the Canadians can re-sign some good players or they can make a splash in free agency. Um, and then the other thing too, is that the coaches will get experience. I think like we talk a lot about how the 
the bench of the, the Montreal Canadiens is quite inexperienced in the NHL at the NHL level. And overall, you know, I mean, if you, if you look at it, it's not necessarily a very seasoned group. And I think that there's a possibility that the Canadians might add somebody seasoned. I don't know that that that's in their plans. They don't seem to really care all that much right now. Um, but it could be that it's something that they identify as a need. And the other thing too, is that Martin St. Louis is just going to have, you know, at that point, two and a half seasons of NHL coaching experience under his belt. It's not going to be playoff, but we're talking about whether or not they will make the playoffs. So like, it seems like the 2024-2025 season is ripe for a wild card spot. One of those, you know, nipping at the heels of all the teams ahead of them. Uh, maybe a good run by a goaltender, uh, maybe something like that. And then they push into the playoffs. And I think that's not unheard of. And, you know, you you look at some of the teams that have, the, you know, that did this this rebuilding kind of, um, strategy and the you know the first season that they made the playoffs they like squeaked in at the end they probably got swept or you know unceremoniously dumped and then after a couple of years they were playoff perennial playoff threats you know you can see I mean the Canadians swept the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, at the very beginning of when they started to get good like when they were a young team that was starting to really show promise right we saw that we literally saw that with our own eyes so that's that's the the path or even you know the Colorado Avalanche they got stuck in the second round for quite some time you're seeing though that like in those cases you're seeing that progress so for me that's what I want to see with the Canadians I want to see that promise and that progress but in the meantime I want to talk a little bit about Kirby Doc and our listener Peter uh, indulged us by asking us a mailbag question so there's going to be more of the mailbag coming up next But first, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if the part will fit or you're going to get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride! eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, so let's get back to our mailbag. And again, we're continuing the mailbag from Friday and we've got so many questions that we'll probably have. Tomorrow's episode will probably be uh, more mailbag questions. There's some from leftover from last Friday too. So listener Peter Costapo sent us all of these questions. Um, and this one is, is Kirby Doc best utilized at center or at the wing? So for me, I really liked what I saw in him at the wing. I also really like that the Canadians have a couple of centers coming up, depending on who they pick uh, in this upcoming draft. They might have multiple people who would be pushing to be the second or first line center, depending on how Nick Suzuki's career shakes out. I still think that they should keep him at center until they no longer need him at center or until his development is uh, optimized at center. The reason is it's just, it's harder to play center. And I think that, 
you know, when you have the luxury of putting Kirby Doc on your wing alongside Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, and you can do that every night, that's fantastic. But I still want to see him develop fully into the potential that he showed when he was drafted as a center. The biggest thing for me when I when people ask, you know, where do you play Kirby Doc at? Where do you where do you play Kirby Doc at? Where do you play Kirby Doc at? Is are you bringing in another center next year? And with the we've talked about this with Pierre Luc Dubois that if you're bringing in Dubois, who is a top six center, are you going to play Kirby Doc third line minutes? Probably not. And I look at this and go, I think as the Canadians are constructed right now. Nick Suzuki is your 1A, Kirby Doc is your 1B, Christian Dvorak, or as we will discuss later on, Sean Monahan can be your 3C and Jake Evans is your 4C. And Jake Evans is kind of a luxury at that spot, and he's done well in that role. It's the only way that I am shifting Doc to the wing is if Owen, let's say Owen Beck comes in and just absolutely lights it up as an NHL center as he's growing. Okay. Maybe you give him docked as support there at the same time. There is not an immediate rush to throw these kids into that role. And depending on what they do at the draft here, if they take Will Smith, he is a center and they are going to have him there. That's probably a year, maybe two years at college. Then he's there right around the time docks contract comes up. You make that choice. Then do you bring him back as a winger and pay him winger money or not? I see him as the projectable center on this team right now because Beck isn't a sure bet. Meshar is, you know, likely going to be a winger at the next level here. And the Canadians kind of lack a true elite center uh, in the, in their uh, organization right now, which they could fix that in this draft. Potentially that could be Leo Carlson falling for whatever reason that could be, a Will Smith that could be, and I know people are going to roll their eyes and throw a fit. Dalibor Dvorsky in that situation. The possibilities are there. It's just right now, Kirby Doc is the 2C on this team. And he probably will be, even though he and Nick Suzuki were great on the top line, them being able to spread that wealth and knowing that Kirby Doc can lead his own line away from Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield helps Martin St. Louis take that pressure off of Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield and, and starts making this team look a little bit more competitive, more than just a one-line team. Absolutely. Like, one of the things is that when you do have somebody who, let's say, is in one situation amazing, you end up with, like, a one-line situation. You're not able to balance it out. So sometimes you might have to sacrifice a little bit of amazingness so that you have good up and down your lineup as opposed to amazing top line or whatever, amazing ex top defensive pairing, and then a bunch of scrubs. Like, you really don't want that. Uh, you don't want mediocrity. You don't want people who can't be a threat, right? Like, you, everybody always talks about the cliche of rolling four lines. Like, I don't think that that's necessarily completely possible in today's NHL with a salary cap. Um, and I understand why there's a salary cap so that some teams can't just roll four lines and then other teams can't even ice one. Um, but I think it really depends on, like, for me, it's, it's creating balance, but you have to have players that are good enough 
that your balance isn't sacrificing too much offense or too much creativity or too much speed, too much skill, too much size, whatever. You want balance up and down the lineup. You also want balance up and down like your defensive pairings. Like that to me, but I, like I know we're talking about Doc right now and, and whether or not there's going to be another center pulled in or not, but I really do think that um, creating depth for yourself is probably the best way. Like I just, I feel like you kind of have to look at where does he perform the best and then where is he needed the most? And that answer to that question might not be the same thing. He might perform best in one position, but he's most needed in the other one. And I do see for me, I do see a possibility that like, you know, like you could have the luxury of, let's say he's your second line center or something like that. Let's say you have like three really good centers, you know, up and down your lineup. And then it comes time to playoffs. And then the opponent is able to shut down one of those centers or one of those lines. You just switch things up and you move Kirby Doc up to the top line or whatever it is. Like, I think the luxury of having that far outweighs um, like the question of where should they put him? Yeah, and the biggest thing is, and I continue to struggle with this a little bit, is I don't want this team to be hoping and praying that the prospects are they're going to be the saving grace here. It is fantastic if Beck and Kidney and even Sean Farrell, who is listed as a center, or someone like a Jared Davidson and Xavier Simono makes that jump. You cannot bank on that, though. You can bank on right now. You do have four NHL centers on this roster of varying degrees. You have Suzuki and Doc, who you know can carry a top six line. You have Dvorak, who is kind of lost in the shuffle, and you have Jake Evans, who you know is a fine bottom six pivot. You don't have to rush it, because like we talked about, they shouldn't be trying to push for the playoffs next season. Take that next step. And then you, then you start going for it. Then you, maybe you add the body in there. Maybe they do something in free agency. I don't know. I still think Christian Dvorak is going to get traded here, and it's like you said, it's good to have in your back pocket that they can have this line's not doing well. We can switch this and make this work here. Too many teams we've seen. What happens if, you know, the usual scoring line is struggling to get home? It happens with Toronto in the playoffs all the time. Matthews gets focused on a Marner gets focused on whatever, and it struggles to create the offense outside of that Montreal. Well, Toronto is a very strong team. You want to be able to avoid some of the pitfalls that have sunk some of their campaigns here. And I think that that's what they're looking to do is to become a really strong, just top to bottom team here. And I'm okay with them, you know, keeping Doc as the 2C and figuring out the next steps as they go here. You are not in an immediate rush to have an answer to this question. Exactly. You can take your time to figure it out and you can play around with your lineup. You've got, you're going to have some room. You're going to be able to trade some people away, particularly in the upcoming, you know, two seasons. So I think there's a lot of time. But in the meantime, there's a couple more questions that um, that Peter had for us. One was which free agents should the Canadians target this summer? Um, and then finally, what should the Canadians do with Monaghan? Speaking of free agents. And that's all coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. All right, Scott, let's talk about this two questions in one. What should the Canadians do with, with Sean Monaghan? And whether or not it's Sean Monaghan, which free agents should the Canadians target this offseason? If any. My biggest thing is I'm okay with Sean Monaghan coming back. Like, truly, 
absolutely 100% okay with it. I think he was a very good piece there. He was a pretty good penalty killer, did well winning faceoffs on the power play, and could be trusted in that situation. I'm I'm open to bringing him back. Whether it be one year or two years, you, you bring the money down because obviously at this point, and then you trade him when you're ready to. And I actually don't know what the NHL free agent uh, group looks like, but I'm going to take a look here on cap friendly, but I I'm okay with Monaghan because he fits kind of what the Canadians are looking for. And if I sort this out by center on uh sport track here, Jonathan taste, no Ryan O'Reilly likely going back to St. Louis, Sean Monaghan's right there. He's also one of the younger options. Jordan Stahl's 35, Patrice Bergeron's 37, Alex Kalorn, which actually Alex Kalorn would be an interesting one too, but he's coming off a 64 point season apparently and just got paid $4.4 million. Uh, there's Alex Kerfoot, JT Comfer, uh, Lars Eller is out there again. Paul Byron is likely retired. Uh, Craig Smith is a UFA as well as someone I was interested in. Vladislav Nemestikov. There are options out there. I think Monaghan makes the most sense, and I think there's the most mutual interest there to make that work. But if I'm looking at free agency, Alex Kalorn's name gets thrown around a lot because I believe he is from the Montreal area. If I'm not much mistaken, I could be wrong. Um, But I think that the biggest, the one that makes the most sense is just bringing back a Sean Monaghan. And then maybe you go, I don't want to say dumpster diving in a negative way, but kind of you maybe go dumpster diving a little bit and you add another body in there. You go looking for the free agents that other teams have failed to appreciate thus far. I that's guess that, how I'm going to put it. <laughs> I think that's a good one because I look at some of the names on here. I see a Tyler Mott, who's a defensive guy. Maybe not a Derek Ryan. Definitely not Darren Helm. A Noel Achari, uh, Matthias Yanmark. You know, there are names on here that I look at and go, for a bottom six center, you could do a lot worse. Like a Danton Heinen, a Ryan Donato. They're not going to be superstars. They're not flashy. But I just think that, hey, you know, why not? Like an Ivan Barbashev is going to get paid off of this playoff run that he's having. Eric Hall is probably going to get paid. Jordan Stahl is probably going to get good money because he's got the name recognition to it. I think Monaghan comes in the best at both price and just the mutual interest on there. So I would very much like that to be the route that they take. But I also understand if, hey, another team has interest, wants to give him more term security, and the Canadians look elsewhere. I get it. Wanting to be on a rebuilding team is not for everybody. I'm all in on Monaghan coming back. You can play him at center. You can play him at wing. You can play him as a penalty killer on the power play. He's going to give you good optics in every situation there. It's just, you know, how much is that going to cost? But I don't think it's going to be expensive. I think it is the right fit right now. And then Ken Hughes, if it's great going well, you flip him at the trade deadline and you recoup assets for the 2024 draft, which I think was going to be the plan anyways, before he got injured this year. I think that's exactly it. It's just like, it's so unfortunate about the injuries, but he was just so good. And actually, in the mailbag, we tackled a question from Randy saying, like, which recent player would you want to join development? Why not Sean Monaghan if he can't play? I just really, really like him. 
I think it's just one of those things where I also believe that the Canadians do like him. It's just worth it if the price tag isn't too high. I really, I really do think that if the price tag is economical enough, you can't say no. Like you really can't. That and that's the biggest thing is like you just you can't say no. If it, if he comes in and says, you know, I'll take two point one per season for a year, maybe two, or you do like one point five with like a bonus added in there for like games played or something like that. There's no problem with that. You're not meant to be content. They're not asking Sean Monahan to be the Sean Monahan that was drafted by the Calgary Flames. They're asking him, hey, come in, help take the load off of Suzuki and Doc, maybe a little bit off of Jake Evans here, and then kind of be that mentor to some of these younger guys that are going to be coming in, whether that be Joshua and Riley Kidney playing games this year or Owen Beck coming in if he signed for two years, being that mentor there. I think that they that it's just a really good fit for where this team is at, not only vibes-wise, development-wise. And I think Monaghan has had the right attitude. It seems like, and I keep saying this, mutual interest. And we've talked about this before because PLD wanted to come to Montreal. Montreal wanted PLD. And here we are again without PLD. But that's, you know, a different story. I think this makes too much sense to not happen. I think they're going to wait for... July 1st, and then I wouldn't be shocked if he's one of the first deals that they have done. Potentially Montembeau as well, an extension for that. I Because I think it's just a really good fit across the board there, and then they can give him his chance to go try and win a cup with the team at the deadline. And I Ken Hughes has shown he doesn't have a problem doing that at all. So it just all makes too much sense to me, Monaghan. There are other names out there. I just worry about what the cost will be on that. And can you bring that person in knowing that you are a rebuilding team next year? You will not contend next year unless everything goes right. Can you sell that to a team, uh, a player who hasn't been here before? Right. That's exactly it. Is that you kind of have to, you have to sell the player on it so that the price tag comes in at what you want, which Honestly, I find that sometimes that's the biggest challenge is the player wants to play here. They want to play for Marty, let's say. They want to play with certain players here. They like what's, you know, like I feel like in Carey Price's time, maybe that that would have attracted free agents as well. Like I want to play in front of Carey Price, like that kind of thing. And then they can't make the price tag work because you can't sell them on that vision. Uh, So for me, I think that's the biggest thing too. So we didn't have a definitive definitive answer other than yes, the Canadians should at least open talks with Monaghan and see what's there. Uh, and honestly, I really hope that he doesn't get injured again uh, because I feel like he's had honestly more injuries than he's had months played in the NHL at this point. Uh, in the meantime, thank you so much, Peter Christopoulos, for all these questions on Twitter. They were fantastic, and we really, really do appreciate the soundboard. There are tons of trade proposals sitting in our inbox, sitting in our DMs. There's tons of other questions sitting in our comments, in our replies, and in our DMs. Also, our emails. So if we didn't get to your question today, we're, we're probably going to get to it tomorrow. And if not, we're, we're going to have to wait to Friday because on Thursday, we've got a surprise for all of you. Um, and we also, you know what, Scott, we have a Friday morning episode, and then we have a Friday evening live special for all of our listeners. That is a bonus. And we're going to end, we're really, really close to announcing who it is. We know you're going to love it. You've loved it before. We've done it before, and it's going to be really, really fun and exciting. So we hope you join us on Friday night. Uh, In the meantime, 
to find out you know, when, where, all the details to get the link, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can find Scott on Twitter at Scott Matla. You can find me at The Active Stick. Email us whenever you want, whatever trade proposals, as spicy as they are or as tame as they are, at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. We absolutely love hearing them. And always, always make sure you come back because we have lots more fun content planned for you tomorrow.